You are listening to the Sweet Empowerment Podcast with Kristen Brown. Hello, everybody. I'm so glad to have you tuning in today. Today, I want to talk to you about a really super, super, super important topic, and that's how to fight fair. Now, when I say fight, I'm not talking about physical altercations with people. I'm talking about having disagreements with people that can get a little bit out of hand or get loud or get really super unproductive. The point of this podcast is to help you have healthy disagreements that actually lead to resolution. Now, sometimes they're not going to lead to resolution. Sometimes it's going to be an agree to disagree or something like that. But when we are in a romantic relationship with somebody, most often it needs to lead to some sort of resolution, whether there's a compromise or it goes one way or the other. So even if you're the only one in your party, if you're only one half of your relationship that is listening to this episode, I know that you will gain and glean some new concept or idea that could help you and your partner to fight fair because we cannot control others anyway. So you listening to this episode, it might affect, hopefully it'll affect your contribution to the whole. And often, like I always say, when we change our piece of the equation, it can change the entire sum of the equation. When I coach couples who are in disagreement, I like to lay down some ground rules. Not all the couples are alike, so the ground rules change a little bit. They morph a little bit according to who, which couple I'm dealing with. But the reason why I do that is because I want to make sure they know that I am not the judge and jury. I'm not here to point out who's right and who's wrong. What I'm here to help the couple do is to speak effectively to the other person and to listen effectively so that there can be a shift and a movement in a healthy way. My job is to stay neutral and help lead them out of the quote fight and into what I prefer to call a transformational conversation. Now, what I mean by that is, you know, we can look at it as fighting, like we're out, we're having a fight, or we can sit down and view going in, have an intention to have a transformational conversation where we can actually find some sort of resolution or agreement or solution to what we're dealing with. And we deal with it in a mature, emotionally healthy way. That way, the conversation has the propensity to transform what's going on rather than fight and argue and try to win and where everybody just gets upset and then there's nothing ever solved. It doesn't matter if you have been in your relationship for 30 years or six months. Words carry energy. Words and behavior carry energy. And we have the power to raise our portion of the energy that is in the room. This is not a list that I made up out of thin air. I want you guys to know that I actually practice each one of these principles in my own relationships, not just with my marriage, but with other relationships that I have as well. And it's absolutely remarkable what can happen when we are willing to shift our piece of the equation. Now, after you listen to this, if you find it's beneficial and your partner is willing to come in and listen to you, in fact, if your partner is with you right now, I want to give you a big high five for showing up to the relationship in this bomb way that you are, because 
the more information that you guys gain together, the clearer you're going to be as a couple, the better you're going to be able to support each other. So with that, let's get started. Principle number one, we must seek to understand. We must learn to listen with an open heart. A huge issue with disagreement is people are not listening to understand each other. They listen to rebut, to defend, and to win. They don't like hearing what's happening and their ego goes and it, and it starts attacking the other person back. But when we listen with an open heart, when we open our heart and our mind to deeper understanding of the other person's experience, we're better able to show up with compassion. Okay, we've taken it, our piece of the ego part of it, the taking it personally out of the equation, and that helps us to truly see what's going on in a clear way, what is happening within our partner, whether it's something that we truly did do and need to own up to, or perhaps they are misreading a situation, or they are assigning motives to things that we are saying or doing. I'm inviting you to give your partner the respect of hearing them out, even if you don't initially agree with him or with them. A lot of times, partners, the minute they hear something that snaps something in them, they're, they're off and running, they're talking, they're talking over you, you don't get it, you don't know. What would happen if you just sat back and just listened? Just listened to the concern or the grievance or the issue at hand. Just listened with an open heart. I promise you, it's a different experience when you listen with an open heart and you seek to understand than when you seek to win. Principle number two, speak truth and be willing to hear truth. No one is a mind reader. We hear this all the time, but yet so many people are out there in the world thinking, well, he should know and she should know. You know what, you guys, no one should know anything. They can't know. They know what they know. And if you're assigning to them that they should know, that's a problem because maybe you know such and such principle, but the other person does not. So hinting, beating around the bush, not speaking up are not resoluting behaviors. Keeping someone confused or guessing only messes with the conversation and the situation more. Be willing to talk with an open heart. Be open. Share your observations, your opinions, your ideas, your needs, your feelings, any solutions or forward movements you might have. You are part of the equation and your part matters. If we are looking for equally reciprocal and respectful relationships, we have to show up with our part of the equation. We cannot build a gorgeous relationship puzzle with half the pieces missing. You have to be willing to show up with your words. A lot of people are, it's funny to me, I coach people, not funny, haha, but interesting that I coach a lot of people that are willing to say all kinds of things to everybody else, but their spouse, the person or their partner, the person that needs to hear it. Secondly, we must be willing to hear the truth about ourselves. Yes, I will disclaim that sometimes our partners misread us and things like that, and we need to be able to speak directly to that if that happens. But sometimes we, we're going to hear the truth about ourselves. Someone's going to say, you know, you were yelling or you were grumpy or you snapped at me or whatever it might be. 
And we have to be willing to say, you know what, I was. I was that. Own your stuff, you guys. Own what's yours. Even if you don't know how to heal it or change it yet, at least own it and be willing to try. We can have no healing, resolution, or forward movement if we are denying what is true and factual, whether it's our own stuff to own or the facts of a certain situation. And remember, admitting the truth is not weak. It's actually based in empowerment. And it's a very powerful thing and a courageous thing to do. Number three, stick to the facts. It is amazing what kind of baloney can get thrown around when people are in a disagreement. Sticking to the facts keeps the situation very clear. Do your best not to get pulled into your person's detouring, deflecting, or projecting. Detouring means trying to get you off topic. Deflecting means not hearing what you're saying, putting up the wall. And projection means assigning something to you, some quality that they actually possess. They're putting it on you instead of owning it in their in themselves. Stick to the facts. Keep in mind, opinions. Opinions are not necessarily facts, okay? But sometimes people want to tell us the truth and we're unwilling to hear it. There is no forward movement in that, you guys. We are talking hard facts here like the text was on your phone, I saw that text on your phone, or you said blank blank to me, or I didn't hear from you for three days, whatever it might be, things that are truly facts. Because if we get allow someone to get us off kilter, go, well, you do this, well, you do that, well, blah, 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 and they'll start talking about three years ago, whatever, doing anything they can to stay away from facts. If you just keep repeating the fact and say, but the fact is this, but this is the fact, and this is how it made me feel. This is the behavior and this is how it made me feel. Then most often, especially, especially, which is later on, we'll talk about this, if it's delivered with a nice tone, okay? People are more willing to hear truth and facts when we repeat it and we say it in a nice way. Number four, don't interrupt. A lot of interrupting happens because A, we don't like what we're hearing or they have it all wrong and we just want to interrupt as fast as we can, or B, we're afraid that we're going to forget. So let's let's remember that just straight up from the, from the mark, interrupting is rude, all right? So if someone starts to speak, give them time to speak and, and they will give you time to speak back. In fact, request that, talk about that in ahead of time. Let me say my piece and I'll be happy to hear your piece. And if you run that risk of forgetting, because I do too, I'll actually say to my people, hey, you just said something that's reminding me of something, so can you remember blank? And then I will tell them to remember that, or I'll jot it down on a piece of paper. I even do that with in my coaching sessions, because I'm such an open, active listener to my clients, something will come in and then it'll be gone the minute it's my turn to speak. So I just make a little notation to myself and my clients know that I do that so that they don't think I'm writing something weird about them. I just make little notes to myself so I can remember what to return to an important point that I wanted to make with them. Another note in is not to go on and on and on and on and on and on and on because you're going to lose your listener. You know, be willing to make your point in a paragraph or two. Okay, because if you go on and on and on and on, you're beating the dead horse, and you're beating the dead horse. I hate that statement, but I don't know where it came from. 
probably way back in the day, so scratch that. But if you're just continually beating the topic to death and they're just like, I am, I am, they're not even listening to you anyway, so why are you wasting your energy and your breath? Make your point in a couple paragraphs and then let give them an opportunity to speak. Number five, which is probably the, gosh, one of the most important points of all this. They're all important, but this one, I see this a lot, and this is, ooh, it's something that I really want you to hear clearly. And that is, when our partner shows humility, it is an automatic cease fire, exclamation point, cease fire. That means at that moment that our partner or our person that we're talking to, actually, it begins to dawn on them and you will know if you're paying attention, okay? If you are present in what's happening, you're going to notice it. Because they're going to get a look on their face. And if you know your partner well, you'll also, you also know their little expressions and things. They'll make a gesture. Or, but somehow you're going to see the softening, whether whatever it is for your partner. And then that moment of humility. Stop. You do not need to make your point anymore. They got it. Oftentimes when people finally get it, the other partner continues to beat them up, which is then only shaming because the ownership and the aha is very, wow, light filling. But it's what comes after that where the shame happens. And if they're going to feel shame from ownership, they are going to stop taking ownership of their stuff. So when your partner has that moment of humility or they say, I get it, or they say, please forgive me, or I'm sorry, I I see what I've done. Okay, sit in it. Cease fire. And at that point, what happens is, okay, thank you for taking ownership. Where are we going from here? Now, a lot of times, I'm sure you guys are thinking, well, my person has apologized 6,452 times, and it just, the apologies don't mean anything anymore. I agree. I've been with that. I understand that situation completely, and not, you know, more than one time I've had that situation. And here's what I say to that. Okay, if you're sorry, tell me how we can move forward that this doesn't happen again. If you truly do not want this to happen again, what can we do? Because the ownership is just part of it. Now, if they're truly owning it, truly owning it, they're going to say, you know, I'm going to work on this and this and I'm going to, or can you help me with this? A person that's not truly owning it and they're just apologizing just to get the situation over with, they're not going to know what to do. I don't know. You'll notice. You'll know. Use your instincts. You will know. But at the moment of true humility, just remember ceasefire. At any point past that, if it's true humility we're talking about, is only going to start to shame them. And that's what we don't want. Number six, no name calling, degrading, or low blows. I would hope that I wouldn't have to say this, but I thought it was important to reiterate this because when things get heated, we can start pulling some pretty ugly stuff out of the closet. Names can be called, um, bringing up shameful experiences of people's past, you know, things like that. You guys, we have got to commit to being adults in this situation. We're aiming for a healthy relationship and there is no name calling. In fact, that is one of my deal breakers because there's so many other 
beautiful and wonderful and healing words to use, even if they're not something somebody wants to hear, then calling them a name because that is really just trying to shame and demean them. And if you're shaming something, their ego is going to fight you back because it does not want to feel that. One of the best things my mom did for us was not allow name calling within our household. So I became very sensitive to that. She wouldn't even allow us to call each other stupid. It's really, really rooted in respect and it says to your partner that I love you enough not to shame and demean you, that I want to heal this situation, not be bigger and better than you are. It's also important to remember that when we make those, you know, we demean and shame people, we're actually cutting them pretty hard. You know, we're, we're leaving some wounds there and oftentimes those wounds will become that person's primary focus rather than the situation at hand. Think about that when we really wound somebody, you know, with some sort of shaming or demeaning or just a low blow, they're just looking at you like, whoa, you know, the situation that we were arguing about in the first place was nothing compared to what you just did to me. So just remember that, no name-calling, shaming, demeaning, or low-blowing. Number seven, tone matters. We have the power to deliver a message or experience with judgment and condemnation or with kindness and love. That doesn't mean we have to whisper. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when you first check in with your heart, when you see, look inside and, and determine a motive for why you're about to bring up this conversation or, or have this talk with this person, when you know your motive is to heal and not to harm, your tone is softer. Not only that, people tend to hear things spoken in a soft way. I remember one time my mom saying, when pe- people stop listening when people yell. And you know what? She was absolutely right about that. When, when people start yelling, I mean, I, I tune out. I, I know I can't listen to it. And I know people aren't going to listen to me if I'm yelling. So seek to have a gentle tone with your people. Now, it can be in the tone I'm talking to you right now. You guys, it's not like this little soft, flowery, you know, chocolate cake tone. But you can probably feel the love in my words. You can feel, you can feel my sincerity in my words and the fact that I mean them. And I want you guys to really take something awesome from this. It's energy. Once again, it's energy. So tone matters. One more thing, keep in mind that even though we talk nicely and we deliver something like a hot fudge sundae with a cherry on top, that doesn't mean that we are not going to unintentionally trigger somebody's wound or their shame or something and they're not going to come back at us, you know, in some sort of crazy little way. Okay, that can happen, but we need to take responsibility for our piece of the equation. And what that means is taking responsibility for our tone, not the way they take it. Okay, our job is to deliver the truth, as we spoke earlier, of our experience with a nice tone. It is their job to then process through. And if they're responding in such a way, again, work on your tone and your delivery. Stay true to your higher self. It helps raise the vibration of a situation much more quickly than if you drop down into that low zone that your partner might be feeling, okay? Number eight, take a timeout. It is absolutely okay to call a timeout if the situation is getting out of hand or resolution is way far out and it's two o'clock in the morning and you both have to work the next day. But here's the healthy way of doing it. Tell your partner that you need a break. 
Tell them where you're going, what you're doing, and when you'll be back. And stick to it. You are allowed to honor yourself in a situation. Okay, the empowerment path, healthy relationship path, is all about honoring ourself in a healthy, constructive way. And sometimes we just need to take a break from a situation. Now, returning back to the situation is all about respect. Okay, if you love your partner and you truly want for resolution, you need to return back to the situation. You're aiming for a healthy relationship, you're aiming for a joyful relationship. So respect your partner enough to do exactly what you say because fights are emotional. And if somebody needs a break, that can feel like abandonment. But when your partner realizes that you're going to come back and you're going to address it again at X date and time, you know, tomorrow morning we can discuss this over coffee again or whatever it might be, then you are building trust and actually connection within an argument because they know that they can believe you and trust you. And that is just so, so important in a healthy relationship. And number nine is commitment to healing. Make a commitment with your partner that your intention for this conversation is to draw you closer. You're talking about this and you're sharing this because you can feel the resentment or negativity or space between you guys because this issue is standing in the energy between you guys. You must rem- I'm, you're must. Will- you wanting to remove this block between you guys so that you can feel close and connected again with your partner. And also let them know that it's the situation or the behavior that you don't love, not them. Be willing to say, I love you within a conversation or an argument or a fight. Be willing to say, I really love you. I love you so much and I really want us to be close, but this particular thing is eating at me or bothering me or whatever it might be. Be willing to say I love you. Remember, you're not trying to win. This is not about win or lose. This is about solution and resolution. And number 10 is creating a safe space for your partner to speak their truth. Now, earlier I said to people, be willing and courageous enough to speak your truth. But what I also know is it's equally as important that we provide a safe place for our partners, our persons, our kids, whoever it might be, to tell us the truth. And we can do that by not jumping on them the second they open their mouth to us. I know it's tempting. Believe me, I know. But be willing to sit in it with them and provide that safe place that they can tell you anything and that you will do your best to hear them with an open mind and heart. I know that I provided a very safe place for my my children and they said to me, you never judged us with anything we said, even if it had to do with me. And that made us feel like we could tell you anything. And now they're young adults, 22 and 24, and we have the most amazing relationship where they truly speak about anything to me. I have another relationship in my life where that person just really never opened up to anybody ever. And that person is now really wide open with me. And I'm so, so grateful. But they also say it's the first time in my life I actually felt safe to reveal the truth about myself. And the thing is, truth about themselves, meaning how they're thinking and feeling and their opinions and stuff like that. 
but the thing is, is that a lot of times people are closed and self-protected that way and don't even know it until you provide that safe place and they're allowed to be vulnerable with us. So a quick recap without big explanation. Number one is to seek to understand. Listen with an open heart and mind. Number two is to be willing to speak your truth and to hear truth. Number three is stick to the facts. Facts only. Number four, don't interrupt. Give yourself equal time to speak your truth. Number five, humility is an automatic cease fire. No shaming after ownership. Number six, no name calling, degrading, or low blows. Number seven, manage your tone of voice. Number eight, give yourself permission to take a time out if needed. Number nine, make a commitment to the healing. And number 10, provide a safe space for your partner to speak their truth to you. I really hope you guys enjoyed listening to this as much as I enjoyed recording it. And as always, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out to me to Kristen at SweetEmpowerment.com, K-R-I-S-T-E-N. And right now I'm offering a free mini ebook on my website for a limited time called 10 Myths About Healthy Relationships. You can get that at www.sweetempowerment.com. That also signs you up for my newsletter where I would love if you would stay or you could unsubscribe after receiving your list, whatever works for you. Until next time, take really good care. Bye-bye.